You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Curtain up theater people and welcome to your program is your ticket. My name is Sean Chandler and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. Today's show is a continuation of a new series called Act Two Places. I'm bringing on a series of guests to discuss how COVID-19 affected them and their organizations. As you all know, we've been hit hard with a complete, hopefully temporary, change of lifestyle and business systems during this pandemic, and theater wasn't spared. In fact, theater has undergone one of its biggest shifts, if not the biggest shift in the history of modern theater. This series gives theater folks an opportunity to discuss the effects of this shift on them and their organizations. My guests on today's show are the creative team of Southern California-based Ghost Light Theatricals, an up-and-coming virtual theater company created in 2020. During a time where live theater became impossible, they have made it virtually possible. I brought the Ghost Light Theatricals team on to discuss their origination and development, their upcoming production of The Trail to Oregon, and their overall thoughts on the effect of the pandemic on Southern California's theater community. Now, Ghostlight Theatricals were interviewed at a different time to accommodate schedules, so you may hear differences in audio here and there. Not that that takes away from their incredible personalities, I'm just letting you know up front, just in case things sound a little different from what you're hearing right now. So let's bring them on. Hi, Ghostlight Theatricals, and welcome to Your Program Is Your Ticket. Thank you so much for Thank having us. Thank you so us. much for having us. It's so it's it's my pleasure. Um, how are things in Southern California right now? Oof, worse than ever, unfortunately. Oh um, surprisingly rainy. That's new for us. But on top of that, yeah, our, our theaters are not really existent right now, but we're trying everything we can to keep it alive. I appreciate that. And being here in, in New York City, I live in Hell's Kitchen in New York City, and um, Everything is shut down as well, and it is like a completely different city. I don't know if you've ever been to New York, but it is uh, it's 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 nothing like when you were here. Uh, so I'm, I'm so uh, thankful for companies like yours that are are showing that the rest of the the world, as and on my show at least, I mean I've I've interviewed people in Tel Aviv and in Dublin. Um, that we're all going through the same thing. It makes it feel like 
the world is a little less smaller and more comfortable. And um, like, we're all not, you know, on, on an island or something that we're all yeah. going through it and that, that we're all trying and we're trying to make things yeah. occur. Okay. So let's start by having you both introduce yourselves, including your function with Ghostlight Theatricals and uh, telling us a little bit about your background. Jordan, we'll start with you. Awesome. So my name is Jordan Haddad. I live in Los Angeles and I am the executive director and founder of Ghostlight Theatricals. We started in March, uh, Obviously, the pandemic hit. I was currently in a production of Pippin at a regional theater out here. It's really fun. I was dance captain and everything, and it got shut down. But then our director said, no, 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 I, I'm going to try my best. We're going to not shut this puppy down. Um, he believed in us, and we thought he was crazy. He said, we're going to take it virtually. And that's something we'd never heard of at the time. Um, and so he was my inspiration to start to do projects virtually and continue to do them. Um, and that's where... Uh, I started doing productions with us, small things, small projects here and there. And then Eric came to me and said, hey, let's do a big scale thing. And I said, let's do it. Heck yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you did Pippin virtually? It sounds crazy. I know. We filmed everything ourselves. We pre-recorded all of our vocals. We had a guy mix everything. And our director edited everything because our editor left us. So yeah. our he was amazing. Matt McCray is an amazing director in Southern California. If you ever have a chance to work with him, you're lucky. I've worked with him for a lo long time at multiple different theaters. And he he didn't give up on us. A lot of theater companies out here said, no, show's canceled, not even postponed. We're done. And he's like, nope, I'll see you on Zoom tomorrow for rehearsal. <laughs> So we got super lucky and it's, it was kind of like our own little mini movie and it was a really good culmination of the whole process. What was the director's name again? His name is Matthew McRae. Okay. He's a Southern California director. He does stuff all over the map, but yeah, I got, I've had the pleasure of working with him a handful of times as my director and professor as well. Oh, cool. Excellent. Okay. Eric. Uh, hi, I'm Eric Schultz. I am the producer of our production of The Trail to Oregon, as well as being a part of the cast. And I'm currently based in Boise, Idaho. Uh, currently, I am getting my degree in psychology so I can go on to be a school counselor in the future. But, you know, like I started off doing theater and I love theater. And I've just since like I was in the third grade, I've done theater and I've just always it's always held a special place in my heart. And I want to keep doing theater alongside of earning my degree. And so this has been a really great, um, really great way to keep that theater in me going and just keeping that flame high and all that stuff. Um, I am also originally from Southern California and I, you know, I, I, like I said, I've done theater my whole life basically. And I've just learned to grow and then, while doing theater, I learned that I wanted to be on like the other side of things and see how to, you know, put on the show and what goes into the, making it work. And especially with the whole virtual aspect, it's a whole, it's a whole other challenge. You know, I've only ever really done like school community level theater, like directing and producing stuff. So like this is a whole other world for me. And I, I'm definitely learning as I'm going on and learning what I need to do and like what I need to work on, you know, it's all of this is a learning experience for me and Jordan, since this okay. is kind of our first time doing a big scale production like this. And, you know, I'm just, been, I've just been having the time of my life. It's so much fun. And it's, and I just love it. I love every minute of it. 
I think it's been an, a learning experience for all of us. Hundred um, mm-hmm. percent. I'm on the other side of of the stage when it comes to uh, theater. I, I'm a playwright, I'm not an actor, um, and a screenwriter. And I'm I'm right there with you both as far as just figuring it out as we we move along. And um, I think that you, in two ways, hit on something when it comes to to theater. It's always there. It never goes away. It's not going away with you as you study psychology. You said correct. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's still there. You still want it to be there, and oh, yeah, it was completely pulled away from us physically, and we're still doing it. We're still figuring out ways to do it. And I am absolutely, totally enthralled in how you made your theater occur. Now, from what I understand, this is um, your, your theater is, and it, this is a, a phrase that I didn't create, but it was created by or used by uh, somebody that I uh, interviewed a couple shows ago. His name is Dan Reese. He's out of Las Vegas. And uh, he, he's a, a podcaster, and he said that his podcast was COVID-born. And I, isn't that great? Oh, that's accurate. Right. Totally. I like, love that. <laughs> I know. So it feels like your, it feels like ghost like theatricals was COVID born. Am, am I, am I guessing correctly? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Well, originally I had, I had known about Jordan's company and I'd known that she was doing something because I did one of her, one of the projects, I was a part of it. And so when it came to like doing the show, just like before Jordan was a part of it. Like me and one of my other friends were just like, kind of like, it was up in the air, you know, like we were like, let's, let's do a show. Like, you know, just kind of like in, in the moment, like, let's do a show. Like I did all this research. And then I re- that's when I reached out to Jordan being like, Hey, I would like you to be a part of this. And I want us to try and build your company to be more than just, you know, three minute videos of us doing covers of songs. Yeah. Right. So it was nice wow. that I, my platform was able to, you know, with the, the trademark and like the copyright labels and all that jazz, you know, was able to help these young creators. I mean, Eric's not that much younger than me, but like <laughs> be able to use that platform to produce whatever kind of content they wanted to share. So, yeah. What do you, what do you mean by the trademark? And the copyright. Oh, we're technically a limited liability company. Oh, okay. So we're a small, small little business that uh, it's a nonprofit. So all of our funding that we do receive from ticket sales, Kickstarters, donations, et cetera, all go back into anything purchased by our actors and or any future productions and projects that we want to do. So, yeah. Well, thank you for clearing that up. I yeah. remember speaking with you. Uh, we, we spoke in, in an earlier meeting i think it was last week or or the week before that and i we talked a lot about your your business model and how you put all of this together and i remember thinking wow so much more like in the know about the business of producing theater um jordan did you is that something that you've you've studied for or uh or are you like like eric are you sort of picking it up as you go along. I mean, I know the internet's out there and you could ask it any question and it will help you figure it out, but did you all? Um, the business behind it. Um, so my father started a, a small business. He's a 
immigrant from another country. He came here, he started a business from the bottom up, didn't know the language, tried his best. So I've always had him as a great example to go and just, you have the tools and, you know, all the elements in front of you to, and the whole internet to help you. But besides that, um, the minute I left high school, I started working. My first job was at a community theater. I got thrown into, I was 18, 19, and a woman at a theater that I, that's where I met Eric, actually was at a theater out in Santa Clarita. Um, we had a youth theater that, you know, it's a youth kids program that she's like, hey, do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to help me assistant direct? And I said, of course, 100%, sure, a job in theater, what? Um, and I got to work with kids. That's amazing. So I immediately signed on and she fell off the stage and injured herself and said, Jordan, you need to take this whole thing. I, I can't do any more of it. You have, I, I can't come to rehearsals. You're in charge. Like, she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't come to work anymore. And I obviously 19 year old brain panicked. Um, and I'm like, so now I have to direct the whole thing and costume it and help the choreographer and do the music. Okay, sure. So it was kind of just all thrown at me, but oh my God, it was the best experience. I loved those kids and it was an amazing experience. And that's how I started. I, from there at that same theater, I started costuming shows. I assistant directed shows, small cabarets. Um, and then from there, I went on to another theater in the area, choreographed stuff. And while all doing that for work style, I, was also doing shows at night myself. So it was a nonstop go, go, go kind of thing. And so that's how I kind of fell into the behind the scenes of it all. Um, and then when it comes to uh, doing like the logistics elements of it and the financials and stuff like that, um, I had an awesome mentor. Her name was Susan Thomas and she uh, helped Eric and I, we were trying to attempt to do a show at her little theater in Santa Clarita. And so I learned so much about like, the elements of funding and musical theater international behind the scenes stuff and details when it comes to purchasing rights. And my brain just became a sponge immediately. And so that stuff just kind of stuck with me until COVID hit. And so then we were like, wait, we know how to do all this stuff. Let's just put it on the internet. Let's do it virtually. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Very cool. Tell me about the first show that the two of you ever did together. Um, so I want to say back in 2015, the summer of 2015, we did a production of Mary Poppins and originally I wasn't a part of the production. I had an audition to be in it, uh, but then the music director had reached out to me because I was in the show the previous summer and asked if I wanted just to be in like the ensemble for like, just to fill the guys and I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, like I'm not doing anything else this summer. Like, why not do some more theater? And I would say they were about maybe two months, not two months, like two, three weeks into the rehearsals already, already learned a bunch of stuff. And I just kind of showed up one day and was like, I'm here for a rehearsal. <laughs> and then from Eric there, you know, like. 
Oh, I was saying, Eric, you're usually a tenor. And in that show, I was, they desperately needed tenors. So I was also in the tenor section. And that's how we bonded. Yeah. We met through the tenor section. And then just like ever since then, me and Jordan have just naturally, like we were, we like naturally came together. And like ever since then, I wouldn't say there was a moment we were not friends. Like I feel like we've been talking every day since then. It's also like a little brother, big sister, since he is, he's the age of my younger brother. He's four years younger than me. So it turned into like a like mentor style, big sister, aunt, fun mom, mm-hmm. constant relationship. So. Yeah. Okay. I have a question about your experience with Mary Poppins, oh, goodness. especially since you came in at the very, like right on the wire, right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> Um, David and I saw Mary Poppins in London, I think in like 2005, it was when it, when it started there first, well, started there first and then it came to Broadway and then it's now it makes the rounds. Um, I remember there was this to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, there was this like Vogue kind of hand thing and they're spelling it. And did you have to do that too? We both learned it. We still have it memorized. (laughs) I still know it. Like, I remember our choreographer, like, it must have come with, like, the rights. They had, like, a video of it. And we all stood in, like, the, like, a dance room, dance building. She played it on the screen. And she just, like, we all learned it together. And then, like, you know, they start slow. And it gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And it's just that... I think that had to be one of like my favorite parts of the show was doing the like the Vogue Mary Poppins thing. Cutting kind of because then we got because then we got to do it and I was in the reprise of it, oh, so it and was, that like, was even like faster, eight times the speed. <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's like super crazy and like fifteen-year-old me is like. Okay, if I counted off, if I counted it off slow, could you guys do it for me? Oh, I can try. I'll follow you. I you knew I was going to ask, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Ready? After after four, four counts. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, four. S U P E R C A L I F R G L. Yeah. It's the middle part that gets muddy, I think. After six years, it's you kind of lose it. But it's oddly crazy. I wish this was so much more than audio. That was great. Like trying, well, you can spell it though. There's no doubt in my mind I'll be able to spell it till I'm. Oh, there's you know, no doubt. I can't. I can spell it. Okay, I'm going to count to four. I'm going to give you a four count. And I want you guys to spell it. Okay. I didn't hear a lot of okay. spelling. Okay. One, two, three, four. S U P S U P E R C A L I F R A G I L. I S T P I A L I D I L I D O C I O U S. But it, it has to be to the song. Like yeah, it can't in tempo. spell it. It has to be to the song. It, in tempo. 100%. <laughs>
That's great. That's honestly one of my top five uh, that, favorite moments of doing this podcast. All so the episodes. That's 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 awesome. Um, okay, now before we talk a little bit more about uh, Ghostlight Theatricals, uh, for the people who aren't all about theater all the time, but just like to listen uh, out of curiosity, tell us what uh, the Ghostlight is. Most people have seen it in their life, but they don't they don't yeah. associate what it is. So what what is the Ghostlight? The ghost light is after the show and like after everyone's left, they leave the ghost light up for like to help guide the spirit, like the ghost and the spirits through the theater, like in for like safety. Jordan, do you want to like add on? That's pretty much all. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's an electrical light that it, it, it's somewhat supposed to like energize the stage when everyone's mm-hmm. gone. Like the show is over, the audience is left. It is the only light left on in the theater in complete darkness. Um, it's usually in a wire cage and it's mm-hmm. on like a wheeled uh, stand with a plug and it's usually right in the center. Um, and so when we, I was thinking of, uh, one of our friends pitched that kind of as a name. And so I went with our graphic designer, his name is Costello. Um, and I sat down with him for like three hours and we drew out different versions of, I like sketched my poor versions of a ghost light. Um, and it was the whole concept of, Currently, we can't. That, that ghost light's still on. There's ghost lights in hundreds of theaters right now that are just sitting there on right now. Mm-hmm. And it's the idea that we want to continue to keep theater bright during these kind of darkish times. It's true. Um, we want to be able to still bring theater to people, even though there's definitely that ghost light on at their little local community theater or their favorite, you know, small little theater at home. Um, so that's how we came up with the concept of the name and the design and all that jazz. Yeah. I think it's genius. I really do. And, you know, and, and for, it didn't click with me for a second, but when it did, I was like, that's great. Mm -hmm. That is, that's great because you hear so many stories, um, uh, about people who pretty much just left their theater that day when everything was shut down and have not been back. Um, the last show that we saw was the uh, musical version of Mrs. Doubtfire. <gasps> and yeah, it was the, it was their last performance. It was so the jealous. night before everything shut oh, down. I, I went to a, oh. a, a matinee of a, a show called Cambodian rock band. That was a, an off Broadway thing, but um, I, I forget the gentleman's last name. His name is Rob. And he is the guy who oh. plays Mrs. Doubtfire and I, I saw um, a uh, just something that he had a quote of his that said that he at this point he knows that in his dressing room is the Mrs. Doubtfire mask and his family just like he left it mm-hmm. and that's it and they haven't been back yeah and yeah. so a lot of people just you know you got to go and stay home so it's I mean it's it's just it's just such a I just, I just love the fact that, that you named your theater company just because it is COVID born, right? Yeah, hundred mm-hmm, percent. Of course. It's fitting. Now you're going into, is this your first production that you're, you're going into? First large scale. Yes. yes our it's first called, large scale production. And it's called the trail to Oregon. That's correct. Correct. Tell me about it. Go for it, Eric. You know, the show way more than me. <laughs> so, the Trail to Oregon is a show originally created by Team Starkid, which is a 
I would say like a, a theater organization that creates parodies and their own shows. They're, one of their most popular shows is a Barry Potter musical. That was like kind of their first bigger show that when they posted it on YouTube, it blew up. And ever since then, they've been doing a number, like numerous amounts of shows since then. And like, they def- they have just gotten more popular and like, they like used to just do shows in Chicago and then they came, come to LA and they do all their shows here or they do like a tour of them. Um, and if I am correct, they started off, they were all in the same graduating class at U of M and they were all in the musical theater department yep. together. And originally Darren Chris, who is in Glee and played Hedwig and Hedwig and the Green Inch, like he was a part of Star Kid when they first were created. Mm-hmm. And this show, Trail to Oregon, if I am correct, it came out in 2013. And so it's, you know, it's been a while since then. Um, and, you know, it's just, their shows are just like hilarious. Like you're seeing them do shows about, they have one based on Jafar and like Aladdin from his point of view. They have like all the, they have like a series of Harry Potter musicals. They did one about like cavemen and like creation of fire. It's called Firebringer. And just so many other ones. And they're all just like, I don't, there's just something different about watching that, their theater compared to everyone else's theater. You know, it's just like most of the time the cast are the same and they're the same people. And so you're like, you're seeing all of these faces that you're like, oh my gosh, you as Draco Malfoy was so good, but I love you as this character even more. You know, you just kind of grow to love their, their cast and their creative team because with them, like how our theater is kind of built, like their creative team are also in their shows. So like they will write these shows and then be in them. Like the creator of the Trail to Oregon, the writer of the show was like the father character in the Trail to Oregon. And he makes reference to being like, I wrote the show, so I can do whatever I want. You know, They're the elements just, of camp are huge in their shows that everyone loves. It's that campy adult, like fart joke humor that you're like, this sounds ridiculous, but I'm a 30 year old woman and I think it's funny kind of thing. So, um, yeah. or like anyone in any age, you know, your eight year old sister can laugh at like, haha, they're all dying of dysentery and they're pooping themselves to death. But like, also like grandma might find that funny too because there's elements of grandpa on the show and this the cool thing about this one specifically is like there's a lot of audience participation that we had to format differently virtually um so we did a lot of polls online each name of the characters are usually hollered out from the audience to them so it's like what do you guys want to name mom and they'll just yell the audience will yell out a random name and every night it changes so we did an internet poll and we got 800 submissions of different people being like, I want a name in this. So whoever we ended up picking the name. So they're all secret and you'll find out when you stream the show. Um, but they're hysterical. Like the kinds of ones we were getting, we were getting like fart butt and poopy head and like stupid, stupid names. But in the show, when serious moment happens, when serious moments occur, it's hysterical. Like for example, they have, 
what is the names of their uh in the original production um mouth face oh it's it's mouth face uh jack bauer uh, uh jack bauer uh slippery when wet that's the mom mm-hmm. um what's the grandpa's name oh um Yankee something i don't know no they're yeah, all ridiculous. just like those things like that you know they're all ridiculous suggestions from the audience and then at the end of the show you also get to select with our version virtually which person you want to see die through different links so it's really cool to be able to have you go you know what i want to see grandpa die so you get to go watch that or i want to see so-and-so die so it's always selected by the audience in the live production you know through i'm guessing uh you write the name down somewhere or you vote somewhere yeah at the beginning of the show they're usually like who do you want to see die tonight (laughs) and then they'll do it before what um, it was really interactive and fun and kooky and so, all that jazz. So it's real fun to watch the behind the scenes videos yeah. and things when people turn things in. Yeah, and saying it out of context is crazy. It's just it makes sense odd. out of context. It makes so much more sense when you're like when you see it. <laughs> and a little meta here and there, especially when the creative team is acting in the show as well. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's just. Uh, me and the editor are the only two people who are not actually in the show. Um, you know, I, we all are wearing multiple hats. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Eric, who's playing the dad, and he's also co-producing, doing logistics and answering emails all the time for me and posting things on social media and doing all that jazz. And then you have, like, all the other cast members who are putting on a bunch of different hats, too. We have Tori, who's playing our daughter, who does visual designs and graphic edits and whatnot and she also helped with costuming in the beginning and she does our social media advertisements and stuff like that so you're part of this you're you're wearing all the hats right yeah (laughs) you know i have to say it's crazy i i just i have to cop to this because i i did ask if it was meta meaning that it was you know you said that some guys in there going, okay, I know I'm in the show, but I wrote the show too. I had no idea what meta meant until about, I don't know, three or four years ago. So I'm really just showing off here. And I only know this because my husband was in a play called Stupid Bucking Bird. That's apparently very, very meta. And so I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just copying to it right now. Every time, every time I think something's meta, I have to say that feels so meta. Yeah. Well, they break the fourth. They are very aware of themselves in the original production. And we're trying to make that as clear virtually as breaking the fourth wall and being very aware that like, hey, we're hot shit. Like I, we wrote this show kind of thing. Right. Like he said, there's blatant lines yeah. that says that the mom and him get in an argument in the opening number. Where it's like, why do we have to be farmers? Like who, who made us farmers? It's like, uh, I wrote the show, honey. So um, it's me. <laughs> and then they go on. So, yeah, they are. This yeah. the concept of it is very fourth wall breaking meta style where they're very all self uh, aware of the situations of what's going on around them. You know, that's one more meta that I can that I can claim. Thank you, you guys. I'm, I'm trying to stack up the metas that I actually of legitimately course. achieve. I, I really appreciate that. Um, so what's the storyline to the trail to Oregon? What's, what's it generally about? So the trail to Oregon, it starts off in a little town in Missouri. It's fully based off of the game, the Oregon trail. And oh, so geez. you're following this, 
you're following this this family. You have father, mother, daughter, son, and grandpa, and you're following them as they go down the trail to Oregon. And you know the family. The I would say the family is broken. You know the mother and father have conflict. The children have conflict. The daughter has conflict, and you know like. The, there's just the group together is so problematic. And so I would say one of the many themes about the and show in its entirety is that like, you know, family is important and being together as a family is what makes a family stronger. Cause you see that throughout the show, like the antagonist, the bandit King, like comes in and like takes the daughter and the family, like, after the daughter's like, I want to find love and I want to get swept off my feet and taken away by some mysterious man. And, you know, like I said, like, when that happened, she realized that without her family, she's not who she wants to be. Like, she doesn't want to just be someone's wife. She wants to be some, like, she wants to, like, live her life with her family, you know? And you're following them down. Like you see like independence when they go to the town and independence, you see when they go to Mount Chimney and they make all these references to the places in the game that like you stop and like buy supplies, you cross the river, your, your wagon breaks. So you have to fix it. You like get robbed. Like all the things that happen in the game just are like throughout the show and just obviously like at the end it's they make it to Oregon and like that's the big like moment where they're like oh we're in Oregon and like you know to them like especially like even like in real life like getting to Oregon was such an achievement you just felt so good like oh we made it all the way to Oregon without any of us dying you know because especially during that time you know like it wasn't that easy you had to go through winter where like you didn't have puffy coats you had your covered wagon and that was really it and when you're out of food you could be out of food for months like so you just gotta and they make a ton of references like oh we just ate some grass for four months straight because that's all we could get for free because we have no money you know just just all of that is like all bits of that are just what that show really is it's definitely um, an imperfect family. It it shows, unlike the all-American, we're all happy and we're all going to do this, it shows all of the wacky behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, great, my son's an idiot, uh, my husband's an idiot, my daughter wants to get kidnapped, he's going to get kidnapped, grandpa's hallucinating, you know? Like, the mom's the only one with a slightly cool head, and, well, not really, she's the only one with a logical head in the whole storyline. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's super fun, and then, it, like I said, at the end, Someone gets dysentery, but it's up to you to figure out who you want to die. But you picked that before. You picked in that. the live version, yes. Like if you're in person and you get to the chance to see the show somehow, yes, the audience gets to pick it. In our version, virtually, you as an audience member gets to pick whichever link you want to watch. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It sounds. It sounds a bit Sims-ish, like. The yeah, Sims, yeah, a little bit. Old school. I don't know if Sims is still a thing, but mm-hmm. I, I just oh, remember oh, all yeah. the where you're kind of like controlling things, and you have to keep you have yeah. to keep this family alive. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Pretty much, yeah. 
You know, I've I've done a couple of of the interviews for this series, and and people are doing a lot of really interactive kind of shows. And I think, wow, I would think an interactive show is difficult to do when everybody's there and sitting there in front of you. But people are like adding like almost a double challenge into working it into the um, uh, into the virtual show. Has that crossed your mind? I mean, were you like, why, wow, we're adding like a whole other layer to this of, of difficulty? Yeah. Well, I mean, going into the show before we did anything, I knew that we were we were going to have to cross that we were going to have to cross that bridge of figuring out how to make the show still work, even though we were virtual mm-hmm. and figuring out ways to incorporate like the picking names. Cause like originally we were just like, we're just going to pick the names, but then it kind of takes the fun away from the show. And like, you know, that we're trying to stick as much to the original production as we can with what we have, and, you know, Definitely doing the social media poll was one of our very first ideas for the names. But when it came to the end and like doing all of that, we were like, well, do we just want to pick? Do we want to make them pick again? Do we want to just like pick one night and then the second night be like, here's everyone so that you get your own experience? You know, it's just kind of figuring out ways to just make it work and just keep it as original as we can. I think the virtual challenges in somewhat it's easier. There's definitely pros and cons. Like I know that the actors have told me, Oh, it's so nice. I can take multiple takes of my song, but that's also a thing. They have to, they're like, Oh, was that the best I could do? I can take it again. And so then you're at home in front of your phone for however many hours recording. And so they're kicking butt and taking names when it comes to filming. And I'm really proud of all of them. Um, But also the elements that we got to like control a little bit more, like we got to control the names. Yeah, sure. And like the endings and all that stuff. But we also were able to know where I guess the laughs would fit in similar to like in a film where you do a table read before just to get an idea of where laughs fit. Um, that's hard. We don't have that option. So it's like, do we hold for laughs or do we not? It's all like an editing thing. And so Sid has the ultimate power when it comes to mixing all the songs together and putting them, you know, all the clips and uh, images and whatnot and the backgrounds together. It's nice because we do really get to completely clean and perfect the final product that we want to, you know, stream to people. Right. This is uh, Sid Cider. Sydney Snyder, yeah, she yeah, is okay. an editor. She is amazing. She mixed all of it, all of our songs, so everybody's vocals are pre-recorded beforehand and sent into her, um, and she mixed them all together so that it sounds like they're all singing in the same room or the same recording studio kind of thing. So, and she's fantastic at her job, and we're luck- very lucky to have her. Same thing with editing; she's edited and mixed stuff for projects for us in the past. So, um, she for editing purposes, we do what's called in ears. So we record prior to, um, like in our rehearsal process, we will read the scenes through Zoom and then she edits out the voices of whoever's uh, in-ear needs to be used. 
so that they can put their little earpiece in, stand in front of their phone, they press play, and it plays the whole scene in their ear. And then um, when it's their time to say their line, they present the line. And when it's not, they're just reacting and interacting with the phone or the camera or doing something with a prop, et cetera. So they're all alone doing this whole show pretty much on their little devices. Um, and she's able to mash it all together and make it feel like we're all in the same room together, even though we're all in different states. <laughs> right. That's really tedious work. I mean, I have a very, very mild hand at editing myself, mostly like trailers and things like for the, my shows and that, but that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. I mean, a lot. <laughs> She's had a hand at it doing smaller stuff. She has done a full-scale musical production, and she edited that one within a month, which sounds like insane. I know. She's a wizard, I swear. We, she's insane. She'll like, okay, I'll mix the songs today. She mixes 10 songs in a day, and we're like, she's like, do you like this? Okay, cool. I'll edit. I'll add this. I'll lower so-and-so. I'll add reverb here and do this. She's so fast. Like, she's literally a whiz when it comes to this stuff, so we're super lucky to have her, like I said. Um, and it is a lot of work, but we've given her, we set deadlines. So, Hey guys, all audios do by this day, all videos are due by this day. All act one is here so that she has the ample amount of time to just sit and create this baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. I, I mean, um, I keep telling everybody if, if you want to do work, if you want to do theater work in this medium, especially if you're recording music, Find yourself a good engineer and a good editor. Mm-hmm. That th- those two uh, functions are really, really necessary right now because there's time delays. There's there's so many things that that we when we're doing just a regular um, when we're doing like like the Zoom call. It's not like this. It's not like you go on Zoom and then you know um, you know Katie plays in the background the music to the song she's supposed to sing and she sings it. That's that's and then we all see it in in real time. That's not the way it, it works. I, I mean, I had to be schooled in that big time when I wanted to do a, a project featuring some solos of of uh, my show, like five characters singing five different solos. I mean, I'm I'm on this meeting and you know here's here's our engineer going. Well, we need to make a click track and then we need to have them sing to the click track and then we put it all together. I mean. Sounds like a lot. That's what when I first we took, like I said, our version of Pippin online virtually, I was we were like, this is so much work. This is crazy. This is and then I thought, well, you know, we would be going to rehearsal every night in person anyways, we would be there for a couple hours working. We, you know, our rehearsal times are really short. We do all camera blocking, we teach them, they go home, I have a whole breakdown of, hey, here's your blocking. If you forget, here's your camera angles, here's when you're going to pass something forward. Um, the process is actually in some ways easier, in some ways quicker too than a real production. Like hypothetically, you know, if our team wanted to really push it, we could have done this show in probably a month and a half, maybe two. Like if we needed to right now, I think that we could have it up, but we want to give that time. We want to give that time to clean and perfect and do all that kind of stuff to make it precise and as a best of experience for our audience to enjoy from the comfort of their own home. I like that company. I like that you're, um, you're not taking the easy way out. Uh, when I was talking about how challenging it was to figure out ways to work in the audience participation in this, 
you you didn't take the easy way out. You're not doing that. You're figuring out how to make that work. Um, and that to me is genius. It really is. It's when we're, when we're put, we're pushed against a wall and, um, we, we have to get creative that we start making decisions and creating things that were above and beyond the scope of the original idea. That to me is genius. And that's what you're doing. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say. Um, I think well deserved. we are, I, we're a group of people who are passionate about this. And that's, it, it, this isn't a thing, like I said earlier, I think I said in your other interview with you, this isn't about money. I don't think theater has ever been, it's always a passion project. It's always been something that like, I'll sit up on my computer for hours making costumed plots and different things and blocking sheets and I'm not getting a dime, but this is, it, it, it enriches me with this kind of feeling that theater can provide for me that nothing else can. It's that the feeling when I'm on stage and we just finish a big number go, <sighs> and then you just see, you know, hundreds of people in an audience clapping. It's the same kind of response we're getting just virtually. So it's really nice to be able to do these kind of like projects out of just our own passion for the art. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Okay. Before I move on, I do want to say that the actor who plays so brilliantly, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Mrs. Doubtfire the Musicals, name is Rob McClure, and I've seen him in a couple of things. Oh, and, hmm. and he's he's yeah, he was in Beetlejuice. He was. I saw him in Beetlejuice, and I saw him in a Honeymoon in Vegas. He was great in that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I, I don't know why I always forget that guy's name, but because he's so phenomenally talented. And if we didn't have COVID, I have a feeling he'd be winning a Tony award and may still next year because he was effing brilliant. He was so good. Okay. Now when I talked to Jordan, when I talked to you, you said that the way that you put your team together was through um, a social media system that I, I had never heard this happening before, but it was through, it was through mainly through TikTok. Yeah. So who knows back in last year or earlier, in the pandemic, when it began, we all got bored and we were all stuck on our phones all day. And so my TikTok just started with me just being silly, like, oh, I want to, I'll do a cover of something from a musical. And then, you know, the using of the hashtags and things like that, it's like, oh, some, you know, a couple of girls would comment and be like, oh my God, I love this. I'd follow her. They'd follow me back. And then it, I think Eric was in the same boat where we, we just started posting theater related content, you know, comedy stuff, singing videos. And then there was a duet feature so we could duet people, use their audio. And from there, we started getting the same small group of musical theater enthusiasts of all different ages, liking and commenting and following and privately DMing. And it turned into this really cool musical theater community that created itself it was a COVID born, COVID <laughs> born community on the app. And it sounds crazy, but there's people from all over, you know, not only the United States, we have people all over the world who are a part of it. So I already knew Eric in person. And like I said, he pitched it to me and our director. I mean, I'm sorry, our choreographer, Chloe, we all knew in person, um, but they're also part of the theater community on TikTok. And then that's where we mostly had our audition pool come from. So we posted on there and other social media is like, hey, we're holding auditions for the show. If you'd like to audition, please send it in a self-tape style submission. And we had a great turnout. Um, people posted on there. And that's how we found our mother. That's how we found grandpa. That's how we found our general store guy. 
all of them sent in virtual self tapes through the TikTok app. Um, and that's how we kind of created this community. That's how we've also done other projects. Um, there's also other small theater productions, companies that have started doing their own similar to this. Um, so it's really cool. This is all, like you said, COVID born theater communities. <laughs> I'm um, not very, very uh, adept at social media. My, I'm 55 and my niece is 24 and she, she makes fun of me all the time for being like, not very with it with that. And I should be much better. But when I I saw TikTok, I was like, I have it up on my, my iPad and I'm just scrolling through. This is the thing that, that I remember about TikTok. I really liked the thing about that. It was this thing called shoot your shot where somebody would kiss their best friend. Do you remember anything? That's exactly, it was a trend. And so, because I like, I liked it. It's all I ever saw through it. It's, and that's how TikTok is. It's, it, it, it lifts your viewing habits from, from what you're doing. And, you know, it's so. Yeah. So it's all an algorithm. Who knew that it would do all this, that you, that you could talk to people. And, and I mean, who, who figured this out first Who between the two of you who said, okay, these people, I think we can, we can audition them and pull them into a talent pool. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I would say you more than me, Eric, because I'm not yeah, as... I mean, you have far more, you know, of an audience and you have far more of the friend group reach than <laughs> I did. Yeah, well, it's, I'm a cool TikToker. <laughs> I'm, not as, um, I'm not as into it as he is, but... I mean, I would say that, you know, it started, like I said originally, like it started off between me and our choreographer, Chloe, just being like, hey, let's do this thing. And then we, me and we like pulled into editing it. We were like, you're going to edit it for us. And then I was like, hey, Jordan, you're going to, we're going to work on this together. And then, you know, we pulled like, we pulled some people to be in the show because originally we weren't going to like do auditions and we were just going to just do the show to see like how it went, like how to do a process and like how that was going to work. And then unfortunately, it's like people couldn't do it. People dropped. And so we had these roles open and we were kind of like, let's just hold auditions for these parts, you know, like might as well just get our name out there and get people like interested in it and reaching, you know, like we needed people and it, Turned out a lot. It, we had a great turnout, like Jordan was saying. We're and, so lucky to have the people we have now. And they didn't yeah, know it either. Yeah. Even the other day, our grandpa, his, um, his name is Zion, and he was like, I didn't know any of you guys. I just said, oh, sure. I really like this show. Let's audition. Let's see what these guys are talking about. And he did it. And we're so lucky. He's a hoot and a half when it comes to doing the part of uh, being like a 19-year-old, supposedly being a 60-year-old. Like, it's hysterical. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, and our, yeah. our mom, we yeah. found yeah. Brenna. She's oh, she's beautifully talented. Like we're so lucky to have. The, and she, the, that's the cool thing is, in a real life setting, we would only have the small pool of people in the area to audition. We have people from Florida, yeah, we have. Island, Maryland, you know, New York, California, Idaho. We're all over the map, and so it's really nice to have the whole pull from all directions to be able to um, pair together our yeah. team and our little family. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's just this like you know we're not like we're not the only virtual theater that like I know like about I know about like maybe like two or three other ones like. But it's just like, we aren't doing it to compete with each other. We're not trying to be the best one. We're doing it so that we are giving more opportunities for people to keep doing theater. You know, like, you know, if there's if there's five virtual theater companies, that's five opportunities to do a show. Five opportunities to build your resume. You know, like, I, like I was saying this, I was like, you know, after COVID, like, it, and your last show was you know in 2020 you might not audition until like the end of 2021 it's like well it's been like almost a year since i've done this part you know it's been a while it's like so you want people want to add to their their resume and their book and they want you need to give them those chances you know especially for younger pre like younger artists as myself you know like you know only being 20 you know i still have a lot Lot, a lot of time ahead of me to try and do as much theater as I can and just all that stuff. And so I'm trying to take in every opportunity I can to do theater. And I, I think the rest of our cast can agree. Like if someone's doing a show, like you want to do it, you want to at least audition, yeah. especially during rush. this time since virtual auditions. Are, yeah. And like since the virtual auditions are going to be the thing for a little bit, like you want to get that experience. Like I personally think, auditioning is the best experience you can get like the more you audition the more experience you get because you're learning like okay this time I it didn't work you know virtually how we did our auditions is people would do like a, a video and post it on tiktok and like tag us use our hashtag so that we could see them all together and then we reached out to people and we did callbacks through zoom mm-hmm. and so we all me sydney not Sydney, me, Jordan, Chloe, and our uh, uh, virtual designer, Corey, all sat on a Zoom, and we had each girl we wanted for mother come in, and then we had each guy for grandpa and the general store guy come in, and, you know, like, we did auditions in, what, like, two, three hours, and then yeah, by the end that. of it, we knew our cast. Oh, there was no question, yeah. It was, like, an, it was an immediate, like, these guys click. These, it, it's also really hard yeah, because yeah. we really need people – who are I know in musical theater you want to be a, a talented dancer a talented singer and an actor all that stuff for this it needs to you need to be an actor first because being able to perform into a camera and nobody else in your bedroom or your you know the studio you want to film in and being able to interact here and have nothing in front of you no reaction uh, they need to that we got so lucky with the people we have because you know editing wise um there's just a lot of dry air, I guess. There's a lot of dead time if you're not yeah. where you need to be interacting. And so, you know, it, it doesn't make sense in a video where you're like, this is my line. I'm going to say this. 
and then they just go back to deadpan. It has to be a constant interactive thing, especially. And it's so much closer visually too. Like and an audience, like if you're in an ensemble and then like all the way in the back on a platform, like no one's gonna see your facial expressions. But this one's like so direct that like even the tiniest hand movement or head scratch or gesture of any kind um needs to still be portraying and telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely agree. And I my my husband does a lot. He's he encounters a lot of this because a lot of people are doing readings of their scripts. He's asked quite often by um, directors and playwrights and stuff out here to do readings because we're still writing. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we 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 need to we need to hear it out loud. So he tells me he he says that a lot as well. He repeats pretty much what you just said that it's different. It's almost a combination of, cause he's been in movies before, but of camera acting and theater acts like a split, split the difference between really camera acting and theater acting as well. So yeah, I, totally. And you know what? I think it's cool that you're, you're providing people with opportunities to stay fresh with audition techniques and, and things like that. And, and I agree with you. Auditioning is, is, it's really, really important. Um, it teaches you so much more than how to audition. It teaches you how to deal with rejection. Um, it, 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 in addition, it, it gets you in front of people that maybe you're not right for this part, but you could be right in the future. Um, it's, it, there's just so much to it. So um, I, I, I thoroughly agree with that, Eric, big, big time. Um, let's, let's go back to... Um, when COVID first happened, that first day, and I'm asking everybody this question, that first day after you found out and everybody got the the memo that we, we couldn't do live theater anymore, what was that day like for you? I was in a rehearsal and... For Pippin, right? Yes. It was a rainy day. We were all shoved into one rehearsal room. And, you know, our director's like, it's okay. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, we'll just take a little break for now and we'll see you guys, you know, again in person. And obviously that did not happen. <laughs> um, it was, it was definitely frightening. You know, I think we all like unintentionally joked at the time. We're like, okay, it's just going to be like the bird flu and the swine flu and the insert random flu that we've had every season. And we did not think of the severity of it. Unfortunately, I don't think we were educated enough on the severity of it. Um, so, you know, it was it was a nice day that we were all sitting together. It's like, do you think we'll be back tomorrow? Do you think we'll be here tomorrow at rehearsal? Like, and then we woke up and it was like, no, 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 no. That's it. We're done kind of thing. But like, after that two week break, like I said, our director reached out and was like, let's all get on Zoom. We can do this kind of thing. Um it was definitely a, a drop. It, I lost my job. I was working at the murder mystery company where I would go to random people's homes and venues and do murder mystery style dinners for random strangers in their homes of hundreds of people sometimes a night, every night for the most part, every weekend. I was teaching theater to young kids ages 3 to 18 out here in Southern California. And I was in love with that. It was my, it's what I want to get my master's degree in so I could teach at a collegiate level. So like, to have that all just go poof was definitely a big drop. Um, but I think we're really lucky to have this kind of platform. Eric, I think you could definitely 
piggyback off of that? Um, yeah, so uh, um, for myself, I was actually on the road with my old college doing a bunch of performing arts workshops. And I was in, where was I? I was in, I was in Michigan. Oh, I was in Holland, Michigan. And we had just gotten to our next school that we were going to do the workshop at. And the day before we found out that everything was getting canceled, we had like gotten there. We had like met the family. We like stayed with host families and they were like, we don't know if like this workshop's going to happen because there was a COVID outbreak here. Like we don't know what's going to happen. And you know, at the moment we were like, Oh, like it's going to happen. Like we'll be fine. Like one person, whatever. And then the next day we had like entirely set up our stage. You know, we'd gotten ready, like workshop was going to start in an hour. Like kids had started coming and the like principal had come in, had come in and he's like, Oh, I'm so sorry that like we have to cancel your workshop. Assuming that we already knew he was like, Oh, I'm so sorry that your tour got canceled. And we were like, what? And he was like, our directors were like, no, they don't know yet. And so, you know, it was kind of like, uh, I would, they kind of like hit us out of nowhere with it, like that our tour just got canceled. And so we all, all of us were like crying and freaking out, being like, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? And we had some international students. So they were like, we need to get them, we need to get them out of here. Like they need to go back right now before they can. And so like all of our international students were just gone in an instant. Tickets were, tickets were bought they were back in their country. It's like not a good, like we said goodbye and that was it. Like I haven't seen any of them since. And, you know, I wasn't, I hadn't really done theater since high school. And so I never really, I wasn't like, you know, the, that was kind of my last thing. And like, that was my last like, project with my old college before I moved over to where I met to Boise. And I, um, you know, I was like, I want to do theater because things here aren't as bad. Like, we still can sit in restaurants. We can still, like, have public gatherings of, like, six people. So it's really not... The population in Idaho versus California is, like, drastically different. <laughs> so, I mean, um, you guys but, have more freedom. Yeah, but... Um, Peter is still the one thing that has yet to come back. My college right now, actually, this last winter, they did a production of A Christmas Carol, but they did it with the theater program and the film program, like, worked together to make this, like, movie play of A Christmas Carol. And, like, everyone was getting tested. Like, everyone had to wear masks during rehearsals. When you got costumes, like, you had to be in your mask. But, like, when you filmed, obviously, like, you can wear your mask. And, like, it was this whole thing. And they filmed it. And it was, like, oh, it was just, like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Like, it was spectacular. It's nice to see it again. I'm probably, It was probably a nice experience to, like, feel that. I, I've watched a couple of virtual productions. And just from my home, it's just, like, it does give you that slight taste of what I think we all are missing. It's that slight rush of, like, they're going live in three minutes and oh my God, like he just hit a high A and oh my God, they're tap dancing now. It's like this, I don't know. It's this feeling that you get internally that I don't think anything else, at least for me can make me feel that way besides seeing a live production. So it's nice to get, like I said, a, a little, a little, little taste of it through 
like yeah <laughs> and definitely every everywhere does theater different you know like I know some places in Florida still do live theater, just everyone's wearing a mask. Yeah. And like the seats are socially distanced. Like there is theater happening out there because you can still get the rights to do the show. And, you know, you could get the rights to do the show and you can have people together, but you just film it and live stream it. So there's you definitely know, like, you could do the options. show or like, so, you know, there's there's theater happening. It's sprinkled somewhere. around, but it's sprinkled in not as populated areas. And they're I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that they're trying to stick to the guidelines as best as they can. But unfortunately, in Southern California, at least here, there is no chance for that. Nor is it a smart thing. When I do sets, um, I've been in a couple of short films during the pandemic because because there is no theater. I was like, well, I need to make some sort of income. Um, so I started applying for film related things, which... I'm not, I don't think I'm good at it at all, film performance. I'm like, I'm a theater weenie. I'm sticking to it. But my friends are like, no, you should really, you should start auditioning. You should start self-taping things. And I'm like, okay. So somehow I've gotten to do a couple of short films, small theater projects, but they are so strict when it comes to that in Southern California. You know, we have a COVID nurse on set. Everyone's wearing a mask. You test three times in the week prior. You do a rapid test if you're on set. Your onset chairs are spread out for you to sit. This is your bubble. This is your this is your little plastic plexiglass um, dressing room style thing. Um, you know, if you're not on camera, you're, you're masked and you're sitting and you're just being very patient and waiting. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, but it, those little things are so nice because it's like, oh, I get to meet somebody new. I get to say hi to a stranger, like high five them and hug them and interact with them and perform with them. So again, we get little tastes here and there, but. Nothing, nothing really beats live theater. Um, uh, I, I interviewed the New York Neo Futurists, which are like, um, they're like a, almost like an improvisational kind of group out here in New York. And they have a, a, a facility in Chicago. And one of the people that I, when I, when I asked about this, one of the panelists said, it's almost going to be mythic that day. It's like, it's mythic. It's like just so out there and we don't know and we're still reaching for it. And a lot of people are are, are really trying. They are. Um, I think probably the most um, successful thing that I read about happened about four or five months ago in London. There was a production of Jesus Christ Superstar, but it was done in Regent's Park Theater, which is outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently it was, uh, like each individual rehearsed directly with the director and nobody else with plexiglass. I mean, it was, there just so much was done to make sure that it was all done properly. Yeah. Um, and I thought that's, that's, that sounds great. I don't know how well that would have, you know, would, uh, work into the concept of Jesus Christ Superstar. It's a, it's a very tactile musical. Um, but at this point we're happy for anything. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's how I feel. It's like, I just, just that day when, when we can all, when we can all do it again. And it's like, it was before, um, yeah, very momentous and glorious. Right. <laughs> mythic. Mythic. I love that. that. We'll be celebrating in the streets at that right. point. Exactly. Right. Um, speaking of that day, what, in your opinion, will theater look like post-COVID-19? 
Um, I I think it will be different. I I definitely think that you know there's there we still there's still going to be some restrictions that we will have to follow even after just to be safe. You know, I think I just like numbers wise, I think like seating in theaters will be smaller. I don't think as many people will be allowed to be in the theater. I personally think cast will get smaller for the time being, like only having a certain amount of people in the cast because, you know, it costs a lot of money to, you know, test people, especially if you're doing shows eight times a week, you know, you want to make sure and like, and you can't really keep track of like who they like cross in the street, you know, like one person could cough and you can get COVID, you know, like you can't really like, you, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many things that are just going to happen, but I also think there's a lot of great things that are going to come out of COVID, like after COVID is done. Like you were saying, you like are constantly working on like writing and stuff like that. I think after COVID, a lot of different projects are just going to start like coming out of the woodwork, popping up all over the place. Like, cause it's like once you like the only, yeah, fingers crossed. Like, cause it's like you got, you just can't do anything with them right now. Like, you know, you could have written four new plays. And it's like, I have four new plays that I want to do, but I can only do a table read over zoom with them. Like I can't put them on. Like, you know, like, We've been, someone reached out to us and sent us their play and was like, we want you to do our play. And we were like, you know, it was just, we we can't do your play. We would love to, but you know, it's all of that. And I just think, I think theater will definitely be different, but I think good things will come out of COVID because of all the time we've had. And when, at least here, I don't know, I really don't know when it comes to the number of people who started receiving vaccines exactly, but at least here in California, most of our frontline workers have started to receive it. I have friends who work at EMTs, firefighters, all that stuff who actually started receiving it, nurses, et cetera. I even have a friend who works in dentistry and she received one. Um, So it's a start. It's that progress. I'm hoping when it becomes available to people like you and me and Eric and all that, um, I guess like the at lower end of the spectrum citizens who don't have pre-existing conditions and aren't in the elderly tier and, you know, haven't already got COVID, you know, can receive the vaccine that we take advantage of that opportunity. Um, you know, we, we have it at our fingertips to get back to doing what we love to do. And it, it once it becomes available, like, I will definitely be taking advantage of it. Like stab me in the arm as many times as you want. If that means I get to be tap dancing again on stage, I'm taking it. Like, you know? <laughs> So, um, but I agree that the slow transition as we slowly get the vaccine out to more and more people, it'll be the progression of, okay, yeah, maybe we can have six people in this show and like 20 people in an audience spaced out with a mask on. And then maybe more and more of that can start being, slowly relinquished like okay now we don't have to have 20 people now we can have maybe the whole audience filled um little things like that so um hopefully i remember (laughs) i remember hearing that six in london had reopened in a new theater and like the seats were separated i remember reading this article about like shows that could come like that could happen 
but followed COVID restrictions. And I remember six being one of them. They're like, well, it's a small cast. You could just have to separate the dancing. And then the people in the audience, you know, when the, I saw that article, I was like, oh, well, there's a bunch, you know, now that I think about that, like there's a bunch of other shows, you know, that could happen with the COVID restrictions being followed, like the last five years, songs for a new world, merrily we roll along, you know, like small, small cast of people, <laughs> like six people top. And then I think you're, you're cut. Wow. But Hi, you will be playing all the lead roles and all the ensemble roles. Good luck. <laughs> it turns into that really fast. I have friends who are in Australia and they're living it up. They're having a blast. We're over here like, God dang it, twiddling our thumbs, <laughs> still doing this. She's like, wait, you can't go to the movies? You can't do this? I'm like, no. She's like, oh, we can meet with 200 people. No masks. No one wears a mask here. We're fine. I'm like, oh, great. And they don't, they didn't, you know, unfortunately, our nation wasn't able to listen as well and listen to the scientists and do what we needed to do, which I understand there's, you know, people need to still make money and whatnot. But, um, there's there's other people who did it one method of following the quarantine and then we're just I guess following the method of waiting for that vaccine to get out so it's just it's just a waiting game but in the meantime we'll keep producing virtual content like after this show there's no doubt that we 100 percent want to do another show with whatever ticket sales we make so good. fingers good. crossed good oh yeah we it's there's definitely shows in the future that we have talked about and yeah cool well uh, I. I'm so proud of you guys uh, that you have, you. you have, I mean, I think everybody got sidelined for a while. I, I mean, it's, it's normal. We're human beings. You know, some, the thing that we love the most other than the people in our life is, is, you know, it was decimated and um, it's, it's, it's natural to have felt like that, but it's also brave to, to, to come back from it and to, to figure out a way and to move forward. And I think that we're going to, when we look back on this, we in, in all elements will say we, we bravely moved forward. Maybe we didn't do it full on. Um, but, but, but we did it. We did some version of it, mm-hmm. of, of award shows of, you know, uh, um, fireworks on new year's Eve in, in times Square. something was done. And that's, that takes a lot of courage. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to let you guys go, but before I do, I'd like for you to um, give our audience your social media information so we can keep up with Ghost Light Theatrical's plans for the present and the future. One location with all the connections, if you have that, is probably best. If not, a couple is fine. Oh, if you would like um, to follow us on our social medias, our main platform is Instagram. Our username is at ghostlight.theatricals. In the link in our bio, you will be able to purchase tickets if you would like to come see a live stream of one of our two shows for the Trail to Oregon. Tickets are $10, and we are streaming on the January 29th and 30th. So, fingers crossed. Um, we'd love to see you out on the trail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to reach out for any anything, any inquiries, just anything, you can reach us at ghostlightstheatricals1 at gmail.com. <laughs> Very, very cool. Well, I, I, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you both have been amazing. Your theater company is amazing. And I wish you so many broken legs 
for your for your future, um, and not just with the ghost like theatricals, but but just with what the two of you together and individually are going to do with your lives and your careers. I see you just doing so many incredible things, and um, and and maybe we'll get to a day where you'll say, "Well, I remember when." <laughs> We went through all of that, but, um, and, 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 and you will have grown from that. And I I just, I just think you're both amazing. I think your, your team is amazing. And, um, I'm absolutely thrilled that, uh, you got to be guests on your program is your ticket. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. So much fun. It's been my (laughs) pleasure. Well, folks, the 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. Once again, a big thanks to the amazingly talented Ghostlight Theatricals. Weren't they awesome? And so much fun, too. You can find more episodes of Your Program Is Your Ticket on the Broadway Podcast Network, who has honored me with a place in their incredible theater podcast platform. The Broadway Podcast Network is all about creating an engaging, immersive, user-friendly experience where theater stories of all kinds can be easily found, shared, and enjoyed. Please visit them on my landing page at bpn.fm slash ypiyt. Again, that's bpn.fm slash ypiyt, which stands for Your Program is Your Ticket. Your Program is Your Ticket is also on Facebook at facebook.com, Your Program is Your Ticket, I'm on Twitter at at Program Ticket. I'm also on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Pocket Cast, Deezer, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and the UK-based theater platform Thespi. FYI, I appreciate all good ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. It really helps with my profile. Quick thanks to North Coast NYC, the hip-hop improv theater ensemble that does my intro and outro music. You might be hearing it right now. Folks, take a little time to visit theater websites and see what they have to offer as we transition through and out of this pandemic. Watch their content, give them all great ratings and reviews, and most importantly, donate, donate, donate. Thanks everyone for listening. Until our next show, so long theater people and Hi y'all, this is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.